In my early days, I faced a pivotal moment in my career. Instead of following the herd into traditional finance, I charted my own course. Despite skepticism, I founded my investment firm driven by a belief in economic truth and fiscal responsibility. Through perseverance, I established myself as a leading voice in finance, proving that sometimes blazing your own path is the best way to succeed. To get what you want, sometimes you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. That's what Harry's did. Seeing people tricked by expensive razors, Harry's took a stand. Instead of pricey options, they offer high-quality razors at a fraction of the cost. That's why when it comes to grooming my face, I use Harry's. Harry's understands the value of quality without breaking the bank. Their razors provide a smooth shave every time, and their shaving gel leaves my skin feeling refreshed and moisturized. So don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com gold. That's harrys.com gold for a $3 trial set. Let's talk finance. Wouldn't it be convenient to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one spot? Yahoo Finance does just that. It consolidates your portfolio views and offers expert analysis, making it easier to manage your investments. Let's not beat around the bush. You want to grow your portfolio, fight inflation, pay off debts, and achieve financial freedom. Yahoo Finance provides the news, data, and tools to make that happen. You may think you've covered all the bases, savings, researching, and investing smartly. But to truly excel, you need Yahoo Finance in your corner. A holistic perspective is crucial for success, and Yahoo Finance ensures you have it. With a massive community of over 90 million users monthly, Yahoo Finance is here to guide you on your path to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Now, I've been saying that the economy is a lot weaker than everybody believes, and we're going to be getting later this week, we're going to be getting the first look at the third quarter GDP. But all of the anecdotal evidence suggests that the number is going to be a lot weaker than than people think. Uh, certainly a lot weaker than the 4.6% we got in the second quarter. People are looking for 3 3.5% uh, for the third quarter. But remember that the GDP, at least the way they measure it, right, is driven uh, 70% is consumer spending. That's not what drives the economy, but it's certainly what drives the GDP, which is not the same as the economy. But if you look at a lot of the evidence coming out of corporate America in the past week, you can see that the consumer is, in fact, struggling. Look at some of the big companies that reported earnings in the past week, those that deal with average Americans are showing a big drop in their earnings. Look what happened with McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's came out uh, and missed their numbers and their earnings are under pressure. Um, And they're actually blaming it on price increases, which again, for those people who claim that price increases are good, it's certainly not working out that way for McDonald's because McDonald's is having to raise prices. Why? Because costs are going up. The costs of their ingredients and things like that are more expensive. And so they're raising prices and McDonald's is reporting that their customers are reacting to these higher prices by not buying as much. 
Gee, who wouldn't have figured that, right? The people who believe in inflation, they should have thought people would come rushing to McDonald's to take advantage of those rising prices. Instead, they stayed away. So you're seeing uh, revenues under pressure at McDonald's. Same thing Coca-Cola. I guess if they're not going to McDonald's, they're not drinking Coke uh, because their earnings disappointed. And we already, you know, the week before we got all these terrible numbers that came out of uh, Walmart. I mean, reduced significantly. It talked about that last week's podcast. I think they reduced by by two thirds uh, their forecasts for the second half of 2014. But we just got the news from Amazon, right? And Amazon is the biggest online retailer and their numbers missed significantly. In fact, Amazon lost 95 cents a share for the quarter, which is a lot of money and a much bigger loss than the 74 cents that was like the top end of what analysts were estimating. But not only did they did they lose more money, their top line revenues grew much slower than the forecast. But the saddest thing for Amazon was that their margins collapsed. The margin is what you make per unit of sale, right? What does it cost you? And then what do you what do you charge? And not only was this one of the biggest losses ever for Amazon on a quarterly basis, but I think it was the lowest margins they've ever had, like in the history of the company. They have never been less profitable per unit of sales. And and what does that mean, apart from the fact that now they're struggling to grow? You see, Amazon, the secret of Amazon, and I look, we use Amazon a lot. We shop on Amazon. And of course, when I talk negatively about Amazon, it's from the perspective of a shareholder, not of a customer. Because from a customer's perspective, like you're right, Amazon is great. In fact, they're barely making any money. They're selling me products and they're barely making a profit. In fact, they're not making a profit. Even though their margins are slightly positive, overall, the company is losing money, which means they are basically uh, providing a service at a cost. Right? See, they're, they're, they're allowing me to buy things at a price that's lower than it costs them to sell it to me, right? So they're, 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 there's no profit, there's a loss. And so from a customer's perspective, that's great, right? Because it's a win. And of course, Amazon is trying to compete against other companies. So it still has to do a good job to win my business. But normally a business is also trying to make a profit, which, you know, if you can't make a profit, why be in business? Unless, of course, you've got another way of making a profit, which Amazon does, which is by running up a share price and then cashing in. So the executives at, at Amazon, which can get rich by owning stock. So even if they deliver losses, right, in their business, they can still be profitable for shareholders to the extent that those shareholders can cash in. Or if they want to, if they just want to pretend they're they're getting rich because their brokerage statements are going up, so they think Amazon is a success because when they look at their brokerage account, the you know it's a bigger number there. Their shares are worth more. They don't bother to look beneath the surface to see that the actual company is is burning cash, right? But the stock price is going up, and why is it going up? Is because people are hopeful that one day Amazon is going to figure out how to make money, that it's going to monetize its success. Well, its success is based on its lack of making money. That is the secret. The deal is Amazon is so inexpensive and especially you sign up for Amazon Prime, right? And you can get all kinds of stuff for no shipping. You can order a $4 item 
and they will ship it to you for free. How they can possibly make money on that? I mean, obviously, the shipment is as expensive as the item. And the, the margin on the item is tiny. So Amazon is bending over backwards to get customers to the point that it loses money. You remember the old joke? Yes, we lose money on every sale, but we make it up in volume. Well, that's what Amazon is doing. And the more volume, the more money they lose. Now, the idea is, well, eventually, because they're capturing all this market share, right? They're getting all this market share. One day, they're going to be able to jack their prices up high enough to make a profit off of this huge market. Well, the minute they do that, they will lose their market. You know, it's kind of like the QE and the Fed. Hey, the Fed creates the well, an economy, a recovery through a wealth effect. They goose the stock market and the real estate prof market with QE. And now they say, well, let's stop the QE and everything is going to be fine. No, you stop the QE and the markets crash. Well, the same thing is going to happen with Amazon. If you try to raise your prices to make a profit, you're going to lose all the customers that you enticed into your business by not making a profit. And this is also putting a lot of pressure on other online retailers and brick and mortar retailers that are trying to make a profit that don't have overpriced stock to sell. In fact, one of the reasons, you know, the government claims there's no inflation and they, they look at some price consumer prices. Well, one of the reasons that consumer prices aren't even higher than they otherwise would be is because you have this giant company like Amazon that's willing to sell products at a loss because that's how it drives its top line and that's how it gets the stock price to grow up. And, and so if it wasn't for Amazon and all these losses, Maybe retailers in the real world would be free to raise their prices more, but they can't do it because they know they got Amazon there selling at a loss. And so that's artificially and temporarily restraining other merchants from raising their prices. But it can only lurk, work rather as long as investors are going to buy the story. And on Friday last week, uh, when the news came out, or Thursday, I forget when it was, Amazon shares we're down about 10%. They did have a pretty big drop, but you know what? They're still up in the stratosphere. I mean, the drop was nothing uh, if you actually put it into context of the fact that Amazon was at $20 a share at the low in 2009, and it was above 400 earlier this year. Now it's around 290. So yes, it's off the highs, but it's well off the lows. And in fact, the uptrend that the stock has been following all the way back to those lows, is still basically intact. I mean, we're right on the uptrend. So investors are still willing to give Jeff Bezos the benefit of the doubt. But the question is, how much more time is he going to have not to deliver on earnings? Because I don't think it's possible that they can't, especially now in an environment where the consumer is really weakening, where people have lost their jobs, they're buried under mountains of debt, they can't get a full-time job, uh, Amazon is going to have to continue uh, to offer, you know, cheaper products in order to maintain their business. And meanwhile, their ability to grow their top line, I think, is coming to an end because you can't grow the sales as rapidly as people would hope uh, in this environment. Meanwhile, the losses are there and they're mounting. And how much longer investors will buy into this myth, there's going to be a wake-up call. And it's just like... Amazon, this whole story is a microcosm for the whole U.S. phony recovery. It's all, if we build it, it will come. It's all faith, based on faith and hype and optimism about something that will happen in the future. Like, proof that QE has worked is how well we think the U.S. economy is going to do in the future. Well, I guess the validation 
of Amazon's sky-high stock price is how much profits we think they're going to make in the future, even though they haven't made any profits yet, right? Or what little profits they made have long been squandered by the enormity of the losses. I mean, I know there have been quarters and years where Amazon has made money, but if you add up all the money they lost, I think that dwarfs all the money they gained. The only money that's been made is at the shareholder level. And of course, the employees have made money. They've, they've enjoyed their wages. The customers have been rewarded because they've been able to buy products for less. But the company hasn't been rewarded. The profits aren't there. And the long-term stockholders who are still holding the stock, who will be left holding the bag when the bubble bursts and delusion is pierced, uh, by ugly reality, right? That's where all the losses are going to come from. And then whatever the consumer made or whatever the early investors made who bailed out, all those losses will be paid for uh, by all the people who are caught holding the bag, who bought stock up high and are stuck with a collapsed stock price. And again, you know, this podcast is not about investment advice. I'm not telling anybody to short Amazon. So, you know, don't go out and short it and say, well, you know, Peter Schiff told me to short it. I'm not telling anybody to short it. I'm not telling anybody to buy it. I'm just making a point, right? And the point is that you got a company that's not making money, that's losing a lot more money than people thought based on a, a fantasy. You have a stock price that doesn't reflect the reality of what's going on today, but the fantasy of what people hope is going to happen in the future. And that's really all we've got right now. We're building an economy on hope. We're building it on hype. We're just assuming, hey, if we think everything is going to be good because we have confidence in the Fed, we have confidence in QE, we think everything's going to be good. Therefore, we're going to price all that good stuff into the economy right now. We're going to price it into the stock market right now. But you know what? We've seen how this movie ends before because I've, I've seen this movie and I know how it ends. It's all this false confidence baked into the markets, baked into a stock price. Everybody believes it. Everybody accepts it until the one day they don't, right? Until the one day that somebody says the emperor has no clothes in a way that everybody believes it. And then everybody recognizes what should have been apparent the entire time, which is that the emperor was naked. But no one had the guts to admit it. And nobody had the incentive to admit it. Everybody wanted to, you know, continue to revel in the delusion because as long as they did, uh, they could pretend they were making money. And the minute they had to admit it was a delusion, they had to deal with the consequences of reality. Hey, we're going to try something new with the podcast. We originally started doing it and I was doing one uh, two hour plus podcast once a week. And what we want to do is experiment a little bit. It's always a work in progress. And now we're going to try, instead of just doing one two-hour podcast, try to come up with more frequent podcasts uh, where we release content throughout the week so that each individual podcast is a lot shorter, uh, but you're going to have more of them. And if I want to comment on something that happened that day, we can get uh, the podcast out that day instead of storing it up and then bringing it out you know, at the end of the week when it's not as timely to try to get the material out on the feed as soon as I want to comment on it. That way, all the content will be a lot fresher and more specific to the day that it's released as opposed to holding it up and then coming out uh, later. So we're going to try that for a while. Appreciate any feedback that we get to try to determine what exactly is going to be the best form for the Peter Schiff Show to take via this new podcast format.